Grace, mercy, and peace are yours. From God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As was stated earlier, our sermon text today is Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. We'll refer to several of those verses through the course of the sermon. So our sermon theme for the last few weeks has been the road to the empty tomb. And happy Palm Sunday, Jesus is traveling a road today into Jerusalem. And he travels that road to save you and me. One effect of the coronavirus and the battle that people have been waging with this coronavirus is that it's brought out the best in some people, hasn't it? Never underestimate people's ability to join together, join forces to fight against a common enemy. One of our local news stations last week ran a story about a neighborhood in Middleton who was, the people were lining the streets, cheering on the medical professionals as they went to work. I'm sure you've seen people doing that all around our country and all over the world, cheering those people who are putting themselves literally in the front lines and battling this virus and doing the best they can to heal people who are sick from it and come up with a cure for those of us who have not gotten it. What a blessing to see something like that. Can you imagine how that makes those people feel as they head off to work and their streets are lined with their neighbors who are cheering them on? doesn't happen too often, does it? That we are cheered on, that, that our people line the streets to clap and applaud for us and praise us as we're heading off to work. Yet if there was ever anyone who deserved praise, ever anyone who deserved streets to be lined with people cheering him on, it was our Savior Jesus. And that's exactly what they did on that first Palm Sunday, Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. I suppose many of the people who were there didn't really even know why they were praising Jesus, why they were shouting their hosannas, why they were scattering palm branches all around. But they were honoring Jesus as a king. And that's exactly what Jesus came to this earth to do. He came to be our king, to defeat our enemies. As we see Jesus enter Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, we know what lies ahead for him in the week to come. Suffering death, but ultimately a resurrection. Yes, this road into Jerusalem is part of Jesus' road to the empty tomb. And so today, as we take a look at this triumphal entry into Jerusalem, what an important thing for us to see the glory of Jesus before we see his suffering. What a wonderful thing in our current crisis to be able to see that we don't have a powerless Savior, but one who has power over all things. And so as we look at the triumphal entry today, we'll do it on the basis of these two points. First of all, we know who Jesus is. And secondly, we know what he has done. I'm going to flip the text upside down just a little bit and start with the last verses, the reaction of the people after Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Here's how Matthew reports it in verses 10 and 11. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Who is Jesus? The question that the people asked after Jesus' triumphal entry is a question that's still being asked today. We can understand why they were conflicted, can't we? 
They knew Jesus' miracles. Maybe many of them had heard about what we talked about last week, that Jesus had just recently even raised someone like Lazarus from the dead. And yet as Jesus entered Jerusalem, he looked like anything but a king. His appearance didn't demonstrate royalty. He wasn't wearing a crown or carrying a scepter. His ride wasn't some horse, beautiful chariot, but instead a lowly colt, the foal of a donkey. We would expect, wouldn't we, that Jesus would at least ride in on some majestic royal horse, all dressed up to indicate who he is and what he was about to do. But that was not the look that Jesus portrayed. Instead, in humility, he was praised as a king. Isn't it amazing that, that even in the ride that Jesus took into Jerusalem, this colt, the foal of a donkey, he was fulfilling prophecy. Some 400 years before, Zechariah had said this is the very way that Jesus was going to come into Jerusalem. Matthew reports it this way in verses 4 and 5. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Even though Jesus didn't seem to be a king, he didn't appear to be a king, he was given royal treatment. He was given a king's welcome. People scattered their cloaks on the road in front of him. Maybe we can picture a little bit of what that would be like in today's terms. It would be like taking your North Face jacket or your Canada Goose coat and laying it on the ground before the presidential motorcade rolled over it. These were not cheap garments, not people's rags, but they were demonstrating their humility, that they recognized that Jesus was greater. In addition, they threw palms on the road, cutting down branches, a sign of victory, the victory that Jesus would win. Their shouts filled the streets, shouts of Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. In the two other gospel accounts, in Mark and Luke's accounts, in both of those accounts, the Pharisees actually plead with Jesus to stop the people from shouting to him, maybe thinking that it was blasphemy. Jesus' answer is remarkable. He tells the Pharisees that if the people are quiet, the stones will cry out praise to him. Jesus was worthy of all of the praise that he was receiving on his way into Jerusalem, of all the praise that he receives today. Yes, he was a king, and he was on his victory parade, a victory parade on the road to the empty tomb. Who is Jesus? That is a question that our people, people are still asking today, isn't it? We know that there are people still searching for the answer to that question. One of the effects of a pandemic or something like the coronavirus that has bound us to our homes and changed the way of living for these last few weeks is we get to see the need of people. How many people are in need? We don't have to look very far to see the panic that has settled into people's hearts and lives to, to understand the fear that people have of death. You see, it's easy when life is going well to just kind of go through the motions and not think too much about the answer to that question, who is Jesus? There's so many people that believe that if I'm just a, a decent person, if, I, if I'm at least good, if I try to be good, then, then that's got to be good enough, right? 
Jesus talks about how difficult it is to be on the road with him to eternal life. In Matthew chapter 7, he says, Wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many will enter it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to eternity, to life, and only a few find it. Why? Why is it so difficult? Why is there so much panic and fear when death is staring people in the face? Because there is only one answer. Only Jesus is the answer to sin. And when we see how our own works simply don't measure up, it means we have to admit, in spirit-worked humility, that Jesus is the only way, that there's nothing that we can do. Yes, we have to admit that Jesus is the one, the only one, that can truly save, and that we can't save ourselves. Prophet Isaiah said that our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Even the best we have to offer Jesus isn't good enough. We have to lay down those cloaks on the road, cloaks of our own failures, cloaks of our own failed righteousness, and be clothed clothed with the righteousness of Jesus, with the royal robes that Jesus came to win for us on the cross. You see, that's the good news of Palm Sunday. What Jesus was riding into Jerusalem to do was to give you those royal robes. Jesus' one road in this life led him to the cross and to the empty tomb. And Jesus is the road, the way, the truth, and the life. We come to the Father only through him. Maybe if you can see the picture in the lower corner of your screen, you recognize the person on that screen as the Lone Ranger. If you've ever gotten to see a, the Lone Ranger show, and I know they recently made a, a movie, a remake of the Lone Ranger, you know kind of the gist behind of what he did. He would ride into town on his horse, Silver, and he would promote justice. He would restore order. In general, the good guys would win. And as the Lone Ranger would ride out of town on the way to his next mission, the people of the town would look at each other, astonished by what he had accomplished, and ask themselves, who was that masked man? Kind of like the question that the people on Palm Sunday were asking about Jesus, isn't it? Who is this? Who is this prophet from Nazareth? Who is this miracle worker? People today are still asking the same question, but it's a question you and I know the answer to. We know who Jesus is. We know in Jesus' own words that he is the King of kings and our Savior from sin, and that he is worthy of our praise. That's exactly what the people were doing on that first Palm Sunday as Jesus rode into Jerusalem, praising him as a king. Listen again to Matthew's words reporting the shouts of the people. Chapter 21, verse 9. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Yes, the people's mouths were filled with the praise of the one who was entering Jerusalem. That word, Hosanna, is a Hebrew word that literally means, Oh, save, save us. It's interesting because it is the same root of the Old Testament name Joshua that becomes the New Testament Greek name Jesus. It's all about saving and a savior. 
I'm sure you remember that when the angel announced the birth of Jesus to Joseph, he told him to give him the name Jesus because he would save his people from their sins. So what about the crowd on Palm Sunday? What were they hoping for? From what were they hoping to be saved? Yes, they recognized Jesus as a king, but maybe the majority of them recognized him as a king, or someone at least, who could be a political force, who could overthrow the oppressive Roman rule, who could restore the kingdom of Israel to its former power and its former glory. But the fact that Jesus was riding on that paradoxical way into Jerusalem on, on a colt with, with no royal robes, maybe that reminds us that Jesus was here for a different reason. Not to be an earthly king, but to be a king who defeated our enemies, who defeated the devil, who defeated death, who defeated sin in our place. Maybe it's a good time for us to ask ourselves this question this morning. What, what kind of savior are we looking for? Is it fair to say that there are times that we look at Jesus as a savior from our earthly troubles and we forget that he is a much greater savior than that? Is it possible that there are times we almost think of Jesus like a vending machine, a spiritual vending machine? You know what I'm talking about. If you've ever stood in front of one of those vending machines and you see all the different choices that you have, you put in your money and press the buttons and what you want comes out, right? Maybe we think of Jesus a little bit like that. If we say the right prayer at the right time in the right way, then, then maybe Jesus will take care of the troubles that we're having. Maybe Jesus will give us relief from the coronavirus. Maybe we can press the right buttons and, and Jesus will fix our relationships or give us financial stability or give us our job back. Please don't misunderstand. Those are all wonderful things to pray for. And they certainly are things that Jesus can and will accomplish in our lives. But do you understand that some of those things are only the symptoms? They're only the symptoms of the trouble that we really have in this world, the trouble of sin. And that's why Jesus came. Not to free us from every trial or trouble that ever happens in this life, but to cure us from the one thing that will separate us from him forever. To cure us from sin. To give us the strength that we need to live for him now, to live with him forever in eternity. Yes, let's join with the Palm Sunday crowd and shouting our hosannas. Save us, Lord. First of all, recognizing that he has given us the greatest safety, the greatest salvation of all. A freedom from sin and the death that it causes. A freedom from the effects of sin because there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But then along with that, yes, we can pray to our Savior. We can pray to the one who saved us from sin and say, save us, Lord. Save us from coronavirus. Save us from whatever else troubles us in this life, knowing that when we cast all our cares on him, he will hear because he cares for us. The Apostle Paul talked about this very thing in his second letter to Timothy. Nearing the end of his life, the Apostle Paul was confident of where he was going because of Jesus' victory. But he also knew that God would take care of him in his earthly life. He wrote this, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. 
would love for you to take just two things away from the message today. First of all, we know Jesus as the King who came to earth to save. Yes, today we can join our voices together with those of that first Palm Sunday crowd shouting Hosanna, knowing that Jesus is our Savior. And then secondly, we trust Jesus as the one who by his victory paved our road to heaven. That's right, Jesus' victory is ours. The victory over sin, death, and the devil is a victory that we will celebrate not just today, not just next week when Jesus leaves his tomb empty, but forever with our Lord in heaven. Maybe the word king is used a little bit too loosely today. It's kind of tossed around about just about describing anything in our world that the idea of a king is a little bit lost on us. Maybe you were able, you've been able with the stay at home or safer at home mandate to, to catch up a little bit on, on some of your watching of, of television shows. And I'm sorry if you spent the time watching Joe Exotic, Tiger King. See what I mean? How easily that word king is thrown around? If that's what a king looks like, I don't want any part of that. You know, if you've seen any of the show, that really it's a person all about himself. That's not our king. That's not what Jesus came to do. No, Jesus came to be a king who served. A king who led us into battle, who defeated our enemies for us. A king who humbly put his, our needs ahead of his own. And now he's exalted. Exalted as the King of kings and Lord of lords, our Savior, our Savior Jesus. That's the Savior that we worship today. That's who our hosannas go up to. And that's the one who is on a road. A road this next week that will lead him to some tremendous suffering. To a horrible death on the cross. But then to a victory. A victory as he leaves his tomb empty. His victory is ours. Rejoice in it always. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.